Well, welcome back. It's 2022. And, uh, you know, it's just great that we can start again our East Meets West Global Growth Leaders podcast. We ran this, Henry Wang and I, uh, Henry's based over in Hong Kong. I'm Simon Haig, based here in Ireland. We ran this very successful series back in 2020, and we've decided to come together and do it again. And um, today we're going to start with a very, 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 probably no more important subject than climate change. And I realize, even though Henry is my um, co-interviewer on the podcast, there's no better person to ask than Henry Wang. He is an expert in the subject. So, Henry, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Simon. It's wonderful to uh, do the uh, co-host a new series of East Meet West Grove Leaders after our successful first series in 2020. And I agree with you, climate change is... uh, very important topic globally at the moment. Absolutely. So for those who don't know Henry, um, Henry uh, Wang is an international executive, author and speaker with extensive high-level business experience globally. He's president of Gate International uh, and was a former director of both Shell China and SABIC in Riyadh, S-A-B-I-C in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. He's a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts and a fellow of the Institute of Chemical Engineering. He's a board member of London University School of Oriental and African Studies Advisory Board and University College London China Advisory Board plus China Carbon Forum Advisory Board. He's been invited to join the G20 B20 Global Leaders Task Force, which we'll talk about. And that's a huge honor, Henry. He's published over 100 papers and speeches plus five books globally. His negotiation paper was selected as one of the top five UK management papers of the year. He's been invited to speak at numerous international conferences, leading universities, and I've seen him in action at Imperial College in London. I was one of his um, uh, people in the audience watching him in, in excellent action. Also business schools globally. He's also undertaking charity work on leadership and sustainability globally. Henry, you know, that's quite quite a career. And, you know, it's wonderful that you've been enjoy- invited to join the G20 slash B20 task force. Really, really important. And various climate boards globally. Maybe just give us a bit more of an overview of your amazingly distinguished career. Well, thank you very much, uh, Simon. You're too kind. I, I was the corporate director for about 30, 40, 30 to 40 years uh, in, in Europe, in China, in Asia and in the Middle East. And uh, I thought that they would be, I've been lucky, so it's important to to give something back to the world and make the world a better place. So now I've set up my own company and then we're advising international organizations, leading universities, and also publishing books and, and papers. And uh, doing charity works in uh, youth developments globally, particularly also in the climate change area. That's wonderful, Henry. And, you know, you, 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 you really do so many different things. And also you're very friendly and helpful to others, which is it's inspiring, you know. And, um, and well done on being invited to join the G20, B20 International Task Force. It's, you know, it's very, very important. And it's a huge accolade for you. What, what would you say are your key activities and outcomes on that task force? Thank you, Simon. Yes, I've, it's a great honor to be invited to join the uh, G20 and B20 task force. I was first invited by the uh, presidency, B20 presidency of Saudi Arabia in uh, 
2020 to join their task force. And, after, and we successfully prepared our recommendations and proposal to the G20 leaders. After that, the uh, G20 presidency of Italy invited me to join their, their task force. And uh, last year, because of COVID, we met total, mostly really virtually online with uh, global uh, experts and leaders from all over the world. Uh, and we managed to prepare our recommendations to the G20 leaders for their G20 meeting, meeting in Italy at the end of uh, 2021. And uh, I'm very honored that I've just been invited by the new uh, G20 presidency of uh, Indonesia to join their task force. And uh, we shall be preparing our proposal to the G20 leaders uh, at the end of uh, this year, then it is going to be held in Bali. And uh, wow. depending on COVID, hopefully it can be a physical meeting. Hopefully, you know, and that, that's wonderful. I mean, Indonesia is a huge player as well on the global stage. So that's, a, that's another huge accolade. And how would you see different regions globally seizing the initiatives for climate change? Well, I think uh, climate change, uh, different regions, Regions and different countries are beginning to, to understand the importance of climate change and they are seizing the opportunity to, to work together. And a very good example of this was uh, happened during the, the COP26 in Glasgow, when over 150 countries uh, agreed on you know, they had a lot of debates and discussions and we saw it on, on TV and not everything was agreed. But in the end, they agree, 150 countries agreed on the new Glasgow Agreement, which agreed that they will work together to reduce, uh, uh, to improve climate change and to reduce carbon emission by 2030. And I think that's very important. And uh, I mean, key countries, in addition to that, key countries, you know, like US and China had special agreement where they agreed to work together, uh, despite their disagreement on trade issues and things like that on climate change. And I think that is very healthy. And we look forward to really more international cooperations and actions together, because this is really, really one of the most important issues in the world. And in G20, in our G20, B20 task force, we have studied this at, we were commissioned by the global leader, G20 leaders to, to study the impact on global GDP if no actions were done in climate change. And uh, this, and we published our, our results and advised G20 leaders, uh, which is that if no actions were done, by the end of this century, you know, some 30 to 40% of the world GDP could be damaged by climate change. And we're already seeing that, you know, we're already seeing wildfire, woodland fires, we're seeing droughts, we have snowstorms, you know, and glacier melting, flooding, droughts, and things like that are happening around the world. And if we do nothing, on climate change, things will get even worse. Yeah, no, and that's why I think the leaders agreed to 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 work together. 
No, absolutely. There is no, I don't think there's a, a, a any more important subject than climate change. And uh, the work you're doing, it, it, you know, it's wonderful. And, you know, education, we've mentioned, edu I've mentioned briefly education, but how important is climate change education to promote climate change action? I think that is a very important area. And uh, thank you for mentioning the work that we did with, uh, I did with uh, Imperial College. I've been supporting their work for a long time. And they were one of the, uh, I'm very happy that they were one of the top 10 universities in the world. And their course on the climate finance was one of the, the first in the world. And it's hugely oversubscribed by, by you know, young people who are enthusiastic about climate change. And I've been really very, very happy to be lecturing to them and also joining them on some of their, their activities. You know, I, I one memorable one, let me give you an example. One was the, the lecture we gave to the, to the MSc students there when they, when they talk about the, the different ideas, but they invited me to a, a joint meeting really between Imperial and Cam Cambridge on the presentation by their students on some of their work mm. uh, together with uh, city bankers and investment bankers and, and green financiers from all over the world. I mean, some of the ideas that are proposed by the students really are fantastic. Mm. You know, let me give you an example. One group came up with an idea about solving the plastic problem and the climate change problem you know you talk we've talked about carbon uh, trading and things like that and they came up with an idea of a plastic credit around the world which will promote carbon trading a uh, plastic trading and also reduce carb, uh, plastic reduction and, and this was fantastic you know and and the wonderful thing is that they they got off a, you know one of the city investment banking group immediately saw the potential of this idea and yeah. offered them a job which will you know and, and this is a wonderful example of uh, the new amount of green finance and green jobs just are created by by innovative thinking especially by by the young people no you're, you're right and I, it's interesting you know the future of the world is in the hands of the younger generation and and just to plug, just to say that a, a good friend of mine, Amb Ambassador Terry, um, Terry um, Earthwind Nichols from the States and I are going to be starting a new uh, podcast on the, the future of leadership. And Henry, we're hoping that you can be a special guest on that, one of our four special guests. Um, and, and I think we'll probably talk about the importance of leadership in climate change. But anyway, so you've mentioned finance. How important is green finance for climate change actions? Yeah, thanks for inviting me to speak on your your new leadership podcast, which I'll be honored to do. I know the good work that you and uh, Ambassador Terry has been doing in this area, and I'll be very happy to support you on this. Great. Green finance is hugely important. I mean, it has really grown into a major, major area of, uh, of uh, global activities. I mean, one of the really impressive things in, uh, in, in Glasgow and during COP26 was that the leading finance institution around the world controlling something like 150 trillion of uh, 
investment agree that they should all back green finance and green investment. I mean, that's phenomenal. And uh, one of the key areas of green finance is green bonds. I mean, the city of London, uh, where, where we, when we first met in the city of London, I was very honored also to be involved with the green finance team. I mean, green finance, green bonds is one of the key activities now in the city of London, you know, and, the, you know, China, US, France, UK are leading issuers mm. of uh, green bonds. For example, I mean, China last year in 2020, I think they issued something like $50 billion worth of green bonds. And in US in uh, 2021, uh, they issued something like over half a trillion dollars of green bonds. And in addition to that, they have uh, green sustainable finance uh, as green sustainable financial in insurance type products, uh, which are issued in Wall Street and also all the insurance companies. So, you know, you are really talking now a major, major financial product. And, and these will contribute uh, significantly to reducing carbon, but emissions, reducing global warming, but also growing the global GDP without destroying it. You know, this is wonderful how, how green finance, and in addition is creating millions and millions of jobs in this area. The investments in the, a good example is the invest over $1 trillion being invested in renewables. Mm -hmm. And the uh, latest figures from the International Association of Renewable Energy have shown that this has created over 10 million new jobs around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's wonderful. No, it's wonderful. All this, you know, some people would be thinking to themselves, what's finance got to do with climate change? But basically the way I see it, it's like, the foundations below the building, if you don't have the right financial structures and economics in place, the chances of, of good climate change initiatives staying and staying and being sticking, sticking and being sustainable are diminished. So this is essential, I think. And so, so, so Henry, just in the last couple of questions, what would you say would be the top two or three priorities for climate change led actions going forward? The top two or three and why? What, yeah. why would you do? I think the top, uh, top two Thank you. That's very important. And I think the uh, top two or three, let me let me start. The first very important one is really international effort, joint effort on uh, climate change. And I think the US-China example agreement is a very climate change example at Glasgow is a very good one where they overcome their, their differences in trade differences, but agree to work together on climate change because so much innovation, this could involve, you know, sharing works on innovations, on solar, on wind, on green energy, on electric cars. I think this is very important area. Another very important area is really in trees. A trees now, one of the big things coming out of Glasgow is really 130 countries agreed to work together to end or reverse deforestation because 
trees are really a wonderful natural solution for carbon removal and absorption and elimination. I mean, they've been doing their work for the thousands of years, yeah. but because of economic pressures, the deforestation has been going on. But now people realize that they can do sustainable forestation. You know, this will contribute to growing trees sustainably, but at the same time, you know, uh, being able to use trees and other products to, to in a sustainable way. For example, a very good example that Philippines is doing is bamboo, growing bamboo for, for sustainability. And, you know, you can use bamboo to make paper and, and other things. And that is wonderful. A lot of innovations are, are happening in this area. Yeah. And then the third area is really green finance. And it is great that, you know, all these companies, 150 countries in the world, agree to work together to reduce climate change, to set stronger targets. And this is very important to achieve all this. Green investments and green finance are very, very important. And a lot of governments are now leading the way by issuing green bonds, which are very attractive and it helps to promote green investment in their country yeah wow you know there's there's so much going on but i think you've summarized three really core critical issues and that was wonderful and just bringing this to an end given that we're relaunching our east meets west global growth leaders podcast and we've got some fantastic guests lined up during the course of 2022 how can various climate change organizations in the east and the west collaborate better globally yeah, I think uh, it is very important that the new, that the various climate organizations in the East and West collaborate more by through international cooperation, by exchanging information, and also very importantly, something we talked about, by education of the future leaders, the youth, and that sort of area. And, you know, Good example, let me share a few good examples of international East and West cooperation. I mean, a very good example is really, you know, in climate report, climate risk reporting and ESG. Everybody talk about ESG now, which mm -hmm. is stands for environment, social governance. And in these areas, you know, they the various stock exchanges, leading stock exchanges in the world has been issuing new guidelines for their leading companies that they got to improve their ESG reporting. And they have made it mandatory really for in many stock markets in the world, like London, like New York, like Hong Kong, it's mandatory that the, the leading uh, public listed companies have to uh, improve their ESG reporting. But that's a huge area of education for an exchange of how to work on this and improve on this. And, you know, the, and, and the G20 leaders have commissioned the task force for climate uh, reporting and, uh, and some of their outcomes in this area to improve the global standards in climate reporting and ESG reporting, I think will be hugely important. And it's a great area for international cooperation because this improves transparency, improves 
reporting by company forces, the private companies and also governments to, to, to do better and to use international standards to improve climate change and to improve the ESG. This is, this is great. No, you're wonderful. And there's so much opportunity. And you articulate this so well, Henry. You know, you, you, you break down what is quite a complicated, um, very busy subject, uh, something that a lot of people avoid because there's so much to it. You break it down so well. So that was a fascinating conversation and a great start to our 2022 East Meets West Global Growth, Growth Leaders podcast. Henry, how do people find out more about you? Is it through LinkedIn or how do people find out more about your work? Yeah, they, they, are, they can find out in LinkedIn and also WeChat and uh, Twitter and Facebook. I, uh, I, I publish, uh, I, I, I use all the social medias. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Henry, thanks so much. And I look forward to doing, I think we're doing another 11 uh, podcasts during the year with some amazing guests right. from, from the East and the West. And our aim for the audience is really to, to demonstrate that, you know, that the that the, the growth starts with all of us, you know, and we're all on this planet together. As you can see up there, you know, it's not a it's not a huge planet, and we have a we all have a responsibility to work together and to and to build a better future. Henry, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Simon. I agree fully with you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, bye.